Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. He's a great big God. Say big God. He's a great big God that does big things. Say big things. I love him, don't you? I'm glad. I so enjoy the presence of God. Nothing like him, is there? I love this platform. You know, uh, Andy Poole and, and Mike uh, Fields and uh, I think uh, Kevin Vanderman worked on this. Isn't this beautiful? I mean, that's incredible. And I love being able to preach in front of Emmanuel. God with us. That's what it means. God with us. And God's with us tonight. I, I looked up while we were worshiping God tonight and saw Emmanuel. Man, that says it all, doesn't it? Say, God is with me. Okay, just before I get into preaching, a blonde was watching the news with her husband when the newscaster says, Two Brazilian men die in a skydiving accident, and a skydiving accident, and the blonde just burst into tears to her husband, sobbing. She says, "That's horrible! So many men dying that way." And confused, he says, "Yes, dear, it is sad, but they were skydiving, and there's always a risk uh, involved." After a few minutes, she's just sobbing and sobbing. After a few minutes, she finally catches her breath and and just says, "How many is a Brazilian?" There's a million, there's a billion, there's a trillion, but how many is a Brazilian? So many, so, so many. Okay, tonight is the uh, final, uh, I really had not planned on preaching uh, except for one of these, but you know, this message, Radical Acceptance, is really has become one of the most important messages to me, at least in this past year. Uh, I got to tell you, though, about every time I preach, I think it's the most important message I've ever preached because I get inspired, you know. But I really do, uh, and I felt like I just couldn't leave this subject alone. Uh, yet, tonight, will I think it will be the last one that I do in this series, but it's so critical to us that we understand a lot of us have dealt with rejection in our lives, haven't we? We may have been through a divorce or we may have had a friend that we thought would always be there that uh, gave up on us uh, or or a brother or sister or mom or dad or or somebody rejected us and, and it can be devastating, isn't that right? And there's some people who absolutely, they just never get over the rejection they felt from someone, someone close that, that rejected them. But, you know, in Jesus Christ, we can be free from the sense of rejection. And to really overcome, we have got to understand and receive our acceptance by God. And it is a radical acceptance. Say radical. That word radical comes uh, uh, from the word, it means actually the root or the origin. And so when we're talking about radical acceptance, we're talking about uh, at, at our root or the core 
of our being, way down deep inside us, we get this understanding and we receive that understanding that we have been accepted and loved by God. It will change our whole life. And there are a lot of Christians that need to gain further understanding. I think all of us need to grow in this understanding. That's why I preached that this is the third time. Uh, and some of it I'm, I'm repeating at the beginning and then going to launch into something at the end that is so important but is so vital for us. It's so critical for us to get it because it will change our whole lives. It will change how we feel about ourselves. Uh, we'll gain a sense of real security and confidence when we know we've been accepted by God because if God be for us, who can be against us? It'll make all the difference in the world in, in how we react to people who treat us badly. I, I know nobody here has ever had anybody treat you badly, but in case you do in the future, it'll make a difference. Knowing that we're accepted by God will change how we, we uh, uh, react to people who treat us badly or who reject us. Why? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? It'll change how we deal with all the stuff that happens in our life. Why? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? And I want you to tell yourself, God's for me. That's pretty weak, but God is for us. That was very strong. Thank you very much. I preach shorter if you respond vivaciously. <laughs> so we need to be we need to be deeply convinced and assured that we are accepted by God. This is one of those elementary principles of faith and belief that we should carry with us, and that is our acceptance by God. You know why? Because he uh, he couldn't do anything more to show us that we have been accepted, that, we have, that He has received us. What more could He done? For God so loved the world. Say, so loved. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He couldn't do Jesus and God in the flesh couldn't do anything more. And God the Father couldn't do anything more. God the Holy Ghost couldn't do anything more than He's already done to show us uh, that we've been accepted. Radical acceptance at our core, at, at the deepest level of our hearts and life, we know that we have been accepted by God. It'll change our, our whole lives. If we're rooted in acceptance, then we'll look for something good to happen. We'll be positive. We'll be hopeful. We'll be full of hope. Why? Because God is for us. And so we will be looking for something good to have. I'm looking for something good this Christmas, aren't you? And not, not just under the tree, but I'm, I mean from the, the, the tree, the cross of Calvary. <laughs> I'm a poet, didn't even know it. Oh, I'm feeling the anointed tonight. <laughs> from the tree of Calvary. Man, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> uh, it, it will make a difference in how we feel about life. If we are rooted in acceptance, we'll be more confident and we'll like ourselves more. 
you know, the truth is other people will receive us better and like us more if we have this assurance because we, we won't be so sensitive. And then if they treat us bad, we, we won't be so sensitive. And so we've got to be rooted in God's acceptance. We have to develop this sense of acceptance. In, in the book of Hebrews, this is a, such a key portion of Scripture, and I'm reading in the Amplified, <clears throat> Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give, up, give you up. Aren't you glad for that? nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree <clears throat> leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. <clears throat> so take comfort and be encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? See, that is radical acceptance. We understand that we get this down into the core of our being, but see, it's something we have to receive. We have to choose it. We, we have to embrace. This is something we need to get, put our arms around and embrace God's radical acceptance of us. Jesus said, John 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. God, Jesus said, I chose you. Now, I want you to tell yourself, I am chosen by God. Listen, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 says, He has made us accepted in the beloved. Now say, I'm accepted in the beloved. <clears throat> now you can shorten it. Now say, I be loved. <clears throat> See, that's bad English, but it's great doctrine tonight. <laughs> we are loved. We are accepted by God. In Psalm 27, verse 10, the psalmist writes, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. See, as we're growing up, one of the primary sources of our, the primary source of our acceptance comes from our parents. And sometimes parents have let children down, and they, and they don't sense that sense of security. What we really have to do is wrap our arms around that acceptance that comes from God himself. I have a story about a uh, Christian woman. She's, uh, she's preached really all over the world. But here's, <clears throat> here's her story. Chris Kane is a Christian woman from Australia. She ministers around the world in meetings with young people and women's groups. When she was 32 years old, she had something happen to her that could have been devastating if she let it get to her. <clears throat> she got a call from her brother, who lived in the same city as she did, and he told her, I just got the weirdest letter. It's a notice that tells me I've been adopted. He was a grown man. <clears throat> Chris says, well, <clears throat> that's ridiculous. Of course you haven't been adopted. But I was just going over to mom's house. Why don't you come over too? bring the letter and let us look at it. So when they got to their mom's place, Chris's brother said, I got the, this weird letter in the mail and it says that I'm adopted. And their mom's face went white. They could tell by the look on her face that something was up. And so he says, well, have I been adopted? And she says, 
I am sorry to tell you, and that, uh, tell you, and and, uh, and that you had to find out this way. I I thought about telling you over the years, but it, I, I just didn't want to upset you. <clears throat> Chris says, "Well, uh, the 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 girl, the woman <clears throat> says, well, praise God, at least the truth is out." Then Chris's mom looks at her and says, "Well, Chris, should we get to the whole truth?" Isn't it all, and she says in this recounting of this, isn't it always easier to praise God over someone else's problem until it's our own? Isn't that true? And so her mom says, do you want the whole truth? Chris says, well, I haven't been adopted, have I? And her mom says, yes, you were adopted too. Now, Chris had been raised in a Greek family and had studied Greek culture. She'd even traveled to Greece to learn more about Greek lifestyles. So after hearing she'd been adopted, she just blurts out, does that mean I'm not Greek anymore? And she says in that moment of time, everything that she believed about herself and who she thought she was, the family she thought she was from, her nationality, everything just crumbled in front of her. She says she had a choice to make. And she knew God's word because she was a believer, and she turned to Psalm 139. I'm going to read it, verse 13 through 16. It says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. And she thought to herself, Whatever womb that I was formed in, it was you, God, that did it. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lower parts, lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. See, God knows all about us. God had planned us. We are not accidents. And she realized she wasn't an accident. And that it really didn't matter uh, uh, because God was the one who knew her and had a plan for her life. So she decided to try to find her birth mother and found that her real mother lived only two blocks away from where she grew up. She wanted to know who her mother was and why she gave her up. So she went over to her house, and the woman didn't want anything to do with her. She ended up being able to get a, uh, her original birth certificate, and on it was written the words, unnamed and unwanted. And it was there again, she had a decision to make, and she said, even though my own mother didn't want me, God wanted me and put me in a family where I could be loved and she turned to that verse that we read earlier, Psalm 27, verse 10. When my mother, my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. And she took the encouragement of the Word of God, that she was known of God, that she was accepted to God by God, and that He had put her where she needed to be, and she's preached all over the world because out of a confidence and assurance that even though her own mother didn't want her, she didn't even name her, that God wanted her. God had a plan. Her life was in the will of God, in the purpose and the plan of God that she was accepted by God and it changed your life and it'll change our lives tonight when we know when we accept God's radical acceptance 
Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says, Therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. You know what that means? That means he always lives to make intercession. He's always, he not only has accepted us, <clears throat> he always accepts us. Amen. Says he's able to save us to the uttermost. That means completely and forever. Yes. Tell yourself, completely and forever. You wonder, does God accept me? Oh, of course He does. Why? Because of Jesus. And it says in this verse of Scripture, I've underlined it, the only requirement for us is to come to God through Him. When we come to God through Him, we are accepted because Jesus paid the price. He is the guarantor of our being accepted by God, and we have to embrace it. We have to pull it in close, let it get down deep into the core and into the most uh, deepest part of our life. It'll change our lives for the better. Say for the better. <clears throat> I jotted down several things. I'm going to read it again tonight. When we're really free from rejection, we'll pray with power because we know God is for us. I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. <clears throat> we'll be able to love people because we're not so self conscious. We'll stop be, being so disapproving of ourselves. We'll stop beating ourselves up. We'll stop having to perform, be right all the time. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. You don't have to be right all the Husbands, can I tell you something? You can prove you're right sometimes and be very wrong. We'll stop having to perform for God's acceptance. We'll stop caring so much about what other people think about us. And I want you to say it again with me tonight. I'm accepted in the beloved. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say to these things? What things? Everything that comes against us in life. If God is for us, who can be against us? We have been accepted by God himself. And we have to embrace that acceptance by God. Say, I embrace it tonight. <laughs> Say it with some enthusiasm. I embrace it tonight. <laughs> Very good. I want to touch on a thought that's so important as, as I bring this uh, to a fruition. <laughs> Notice I, I avoided that word conclusion. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, when we know that we have been radically accepted by God, we'll begin to engage in radical communication with God. <clears throat> See, tonight a, a great relationship doesn't just happen when there's two perfect people. It happens when we're transparent with each other. Now listen, God is perfect and we're not. God is perfect and we're not. But listen, even though we are not perfect, we can be transparent with God because even in our imperfection, He accepts us. 
Now, I'm going to say it again, even though we're not perfect, uh, we can be transparent and come to God with whatever, because even in our imperfection, He accepts us. We can come to Him at any time for anything. He knows it all anyway. And we have to feel the freedom to be able to come to Him boldly, knowing, knowing that we won't be rejected. He will not reject us. He has accepted us. We're accepted in the beloved. He won't reject us. He won't turn us away. He won't go, how could you? You, how dare you come to me? He doesn't say that. Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16 says, We do not have a high priest which cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly. Why can we come boldly? Because he's sympathetic in our weaknesses, not when we've got it all together, not when we, everything is right and just we've, we've, we've prayed for an hour every day, we've fasted for three days that week. We have uh, never thought anything weird. We treated all the jerks wonderfully. We have just been loving to everybody all the time. And that's what sometimes we as Christians think. If I do everything right, if I've got it all lined up, then I can come boldly. But he doesn't say when you've got it all together. He says in our weakness because he understands. That's why God became a man so that he could, so that we could know. It isn't that he didn't know before. He's, he has perfect understanding of us. But as he became a man, it wasn't for his education. It was for ours. He knew. God always knew. He's always had perfect knowledge. But so we could know that he could sympathize with us. Why? Because he went through the stuff we go through, and he did it without sin. And so now he says, come to me boldly to the throne of grace that we can obtain mercy, find grace to help in the time of need. Come boldly because God won't, be, won't criticize us. He won't be judgmental. He won't look at us and say, you disgust me. Why? Because we are accepted in the beloved. We have been received by God. And because of Jesus, we can come boldly. Ephesians 3.12 says, in whom we have boldness. Because of him, we have boldness. And I love this word, access, with confidence through faith in him. See, we're to come boldly. We have boldness and access. We hear, and you know, a lot of us have been in church for so long, we hear these verses, and sometimes they can go right by us. We'll say amen to them, but the, the impact of them, of them can sometimes bypass us. Tonight I'm praying these verses don't bypass us, but strike right to our hearts, into the core of our being. We can come boldly. We have access, boldness, boldness. We have radical access to God, and we don't have to be cautious or intimidated coming to Him. In fact, He tells us to come boldly. That word boldly in Strong's Greek Dictionary says it means outspokenness, frankness, bluntness, assurance, confidence, freely, openly, plainly. See, we can come to God uh, uh, without any cover-up. 
He knows it all anyway. He knows our weaknesses. We're, in fact, in the time of our weakness, in the times of our needs. That's when he says, come to me. I've already received you. I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to turn you away. Come to me when you've got a problem, when you've got a difficulty, when you've got a sin, when you've got a, 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 a grievance against anybody at any time. He says, come to me, and I'll help you out. I'll pour strength into that place. I'll pour forgiveness over that sin. I'll pour my power into your life. I'll give you ability and strength in the midst of your weakness. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I think he's trying to get our attention, don't you? Our understanding of radical acceptance will bring us into a place of radical communication with God. We can come to Him about anything, about how we feel at the moment, with our doubts, our fears, our concerns, our worries, our everything. We have a safe place we can go to when we're overwhelmed, and that's the presence of God. Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. You see, when we feel threatened, when we feel intimidated, when we feel weak, when we feel busted up, when we feel sinful, there's a safe place that we are, he says, run to it. Run! You know what? We, we, need to, we need to face the devil and run to God. Run to God. Run to me, sir. Run, run, run. The righteous run to it. The name of the Lord. That strong tower. And we're safe. Listen, he's talking about us here in this verse. And I know some of you say, well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know that I'm that righteous. Run to me, I, you know, so it's the righteous run to it and are safe. I don't know if I'm not righteous. Really? Listen to what 2 Corinthians says again. Uh, this is such a beautiful verse of Scripture. For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might be made or become the righteousness of God in him. <clears throat> you see, because Jesus paid the price when we ask him to come into our life, we become something. We become children of God. We become the righteousness of God. And God views us as righteous as Jesus Christ. I know that seems that we hear that. We may say amen. But a lot of us think in our lives, how could that ever be possible? Because I'm me. I'm this. Because Jesus paid us the power of his death and resurrection. It's the power of his blood, his sacrifice. We got to embrace this, folks. We need to embrace it. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. When God sees us, he sees you like he sees his son Jesus. The father sees you as his son, his child, and we can come to him at any time. See, if we, don't, if we don't accept this acceptance, His righteousness, our prayer life will suffer. When we see <clears throat> ourselves like God sees us, 
it opens up a powerful line of communication. It's radical. Real prayer. The best kind of praying comes out of knowing we're accepted by God. It's the kind of praying Jesus did, isn't it? Jesus spent time with the Father, not out of duty, but out of relationship. It was a two-way thing between him and the Father. In uh, Matthew 3, verse 17, when Jesus was baptized, there came a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus understood his acceptance by the Father, and out of this came a passionate desire to spend time with his Father. He didn't pray because he had to. He prayed because he wanted to. And it was a two-way relationship. Jesus knew the Father had accepted him, and out of that acceptance, he wanted to spend time with his dad. That's why he said in Luke 11, verse 2, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. And that's the way Jesus prayed when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, crying out. He didn't say, oh, almighty, powerful God. He cried in the midst of his uh, 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 concern at that time. He said, Abba, Father, that most intimate term of the Father, Abba, or Daddy, Father, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. I surrender because I know your will is perfect. I surrender to you, but I am coming before you because you're my father. You're my dad. I call out, cry out, and tonight I declare to every one of us afresh tonight. We need to hear it. We need to embrace it. We need to let get it down in the core of our being that we have the same, very same relationship and access to the Father, and that's why Romans 8 verse 15 says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. See, we, we are not the Holy Spirit that lives in us when we get saved. He's not a spirit of bondage. Too many Christians, I think, live in the bondage of fear uh, because they don't know what we've, we don't know sometimes what we got and what we have received and that we have been received. And the Holy Spirit inside of us doesn't cry out a bondage of fear. It cries out uh, of the freedom of forgiveness saying, Abba, Father. Wow, man, I tell you what, I'm liable to get a little bit worked up tonight. Abba, Father. Galatians 4 verse 6 says, and because you are sons, and he's not talking about gender here, all of us are sons of God. It's not talking about gender, it's talking about relationship. God has sent forth the spirit of a son into our hearts, crying out, crying out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. See the Holy Ghost inside of our life. If we See, the problem is sometimes we listen so much to our own misgivings 
or uh, that voice of rejection from our past, or, or the devil himself that says, how could you dare to think that about yourself? We dare because it's the eternal Word of God that says it, and the Holy Spirit inside of our hearts, if we will dare to believe. And listen, I remember in times of prayer, I would be, I would be praying and I would hear the Holy Spirit telling me in my heart, I love you. I'd hear God telling me, I love you. Now, if I, I can remember thinking, oh, that's just me thinking that. I just want to think that. Well, I ought to think that because that's the heart of God. He does love us. Why would I doubt that? Because there's a devious, demonic devil. And he's a liar and the father of lies trying to tear down our assurance of acceptance. And we need to hear the Holy Spirit in our heart that wells up and cries out, Abba, Father, Father, Dad, Dad, you're my dad, you're my father. <clears throat> need to have it in the core of our being. I'm going to close kind of with this last verse of Scripture. Verse is, it's the same that I read just a moment ago, but this is all in the Amplified. And I want you to listen to this because it's true of us. <clears throat> When God, or but when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come. See, this is that season we remember, isn't it? Emmanuel coming. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the regulations of law, so he might redeem and liberate those who were under the law, that we might who believe might be adopted as sons, as, uh, as God's children with all rights, as fully grown members of a family. <clears throat> and because you really are his son, say, I really am his son. Listen to what it says about us. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave. <laughs> we are no longer a slave. Say, I'm not a slave any longer. <clears throat> I want you to shout it out, free at last. <clears throat> free at last. <clears throat> Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. <clears throat> not a slave or bondservant, but a son. <clears throat> and if a son, then also an heir through the gracious act of God, through Christ. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is what this whole portion of Scripture just tells us what Christmas is all about. <clears throat> God sent His Son to redeem us, buy us back, free us, liberate us, <clears throat> so that we could be adopted into the family of God with all rights. Say, I've got rights. His sons, spirit of his father, the father, the Holy Spirit, crying out, Abba, Father, no longer a slave, but a son, an heir of God. See, we have to know how, what we've got, how much we have in him. We're, an heir, we're heirs of God. A lot of us, you know, we don't stand to inherit a whole lot this side of eternity from those in our families. A lot of us don't. Some of us might. Don't forget to tithe. If, but <clears throat> shouldn't, shouldn't throw that in there. Okay, that's all right. 
we may not stand this side of eternity to inherit a lot from our, our earthly families, but we've got a great inheritance this side of eternity. Through God, we're heirs of God. And God, help us tonight to believe it, to receive it. We have been, I want you to say, tell yourself again, I am accepted in the beloved. I want you to say, I have been chosen by God. See, if we will dare to let that get into the core of our being, our whole lives will change. And we'll be more consistent in our lives. We will have a greater prayer life because we'll want to come to, we, uh, you know, a lot of us, we, we, we are hindered in prayer because we wonder, you know, why would God listen to me? Oh, because He loves you. You're His child. The Spirit is trying to drive you into His prayer. Run, run to Him. Yeah. Run to Him. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. We need to run to Him. We run to Him when we know we're not going to be rejected. Not going to be rejected. You don't have to worry about rejection. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. No, 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 no. Never. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I believe that. Say, I receive that. Right now, Lord, I pray over us here in this room. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so good. Thank you for revealing uh, the Word of God to us, everlasting, eternal life-giving word to us. You've given us life tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I pray over this crowd tonight, Lord, your blessing, your goodness, your favor. I pray that that every attempt of hell to try to take this seed out of the hearts of your people, uh, that that attempt would be thwarted. God, that that seed of your word come in and deep into our heart and bear forth much fruit. Bear forth much fruit. We have been accepted by you. Thank you for it, Lord. If you're here tonight and you, you need his forgiveness, just say, right, right now, let's just, just pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me now. Thank you. Coming into my heart. I am accepted, I am beloved, I am chosen by God because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say it again, thank you, Jesus. Now lift your hands and just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank him. You can clap, lift your hand, just thank him audibly. Open up your mouth and thank him. Thank him, thank him, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He'll touch you right now. He'll move. There's some there's still that corner of your mind that's trying to trying to say, I don't know. Oh, you do know. You've heard the word of God tonight. And I'm I know I I get kind of crazy and all, but listen, you've heard the word of God. You've heard God's word. You've heard the scripture. You've read the scripture. You do know. You do know you're accepted in the beloved. You're received by God himself. You are a son of God with all the rights of a son. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's give him a big, big hand, would you? Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. I want to encourage you tonight before you go. The, 
<clears throat> the prayer team will be up here at the front to pray with you if you need personal prayer and would like that. But, you know, be encouraged. This Christmas season, let's, let's expect good things from Emmanuel. Why? Because God is with us. Say, I am chosen. I am accepted. I'm beloved by God. I be loved. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.